Washington coming to you live again from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to thank you and welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank you for joining and joining in and tuning in. We pray that God is doing something so miraculous and so unusual in your ministry right now that he's bringing you into the knowledge of the glory of the spirit of him and the promise of our father. We thank God for all the spiritual cuts leaders out there that is doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ through the perfection of the statue of Christ being who he is as the son of God. We love you today and we thank you for doing what you're doing. Continue to pray for one another. Continue to pray for the spiritual cuts ministry as we ask that you continue to pray for our spiritual cuts leaders out there throughout the world, throughout the country, throughout the states because we are putting this word out there because there's a lot of competition that God has not given us eternal life. That God has not God given us the eternal life the way he had promised. If God promised us something, it has to be what God said. It can't be deviate the way we want it to be, the way we've been taught as a man or a woman. And I know when I was taught as a child that we all had to die and, you know, tomorrow ain't promised, you know what I mean? And our days are numbered and we ain't going to be here forever. You know, those are things you hear daily, especially with the word and the news and all these things that is taking place. You got wars and rumors of wars. You got Ukraine. You got Sudan. You got all these different wars. You got the border. People at the border being pushed back. You know what I mean? Done all kinds of things. You got drowning. You got all kind of aircrafts falling from out of the air. You got tornadoes, hurricanes. You got all these different aspects of death. But don't be fooled by what you see because there's a natural thing that has caused you to miss out on the spiritual thing because the natural always comes first and then the spiritual. So I just want to say what you see may not be what God is doing in your life, but what you see is what God is doing in their life. So therefore, don't compare yourself with them if God promised you a reward. Don't let no one cheat you from out of your reward, my brothers and sisters. In so many years and for so long, we have been cheated out of our reward because we've been listening to the philosophy and the rudiments of the the, the principles of the rudiments of the teaching of the world. So we got to be taught by God. Huh? We got to be taught by God through the teaching of Christ. So I come to you in the spirit of him and the promise of my father on behalf of the spiritual cuts ministry all throughout this world and continue to pray for us and we will continue to pray for you and we pray that this message has been doing something in your life so miraculously so therefore we ask you to just send us uh, some feedback uh, whether you like it or not we fine with that just let us know that you're listening so therefore even if you like it huh send it to other people and let them listen to it. And if you don't like it, send it to other people. Huh? And let them not like it like you. Or maybe they might change your mind or might have a change of heart in what they hear. So don't limit them for what you're limiting yourself for. Because this is the words of eternal life. Peter says, Father, where are we going to go? because you have the words of eternal life. My brothers, I always say this here, and I want you to know that even they turn back against Christ's teaching in John 6, 6, 6. His disciples walked off and Jesus didn't say a mumbling word. He let them go on about their business. 
He didn't say, hey, where y'all going? Why are you leaving? He turned to the 12 disciples that he had chose. And he says, do you want to go too? But Peter said, his response was, Father, you got the words of eternal life. Hey, glory. I thank God for the words of eternal life. The scripture says, if we search the scriptures, we might think we have eternal life. Ah, glory, thank you for thinking that I have eternal life as I come into the knowledge to know that I have eternal life. My brothers and sisters, this message just might be for you. So I ask that you tune in and we're going to continue to move forward. And we're going to start off where we left off at. And we're going to continue where God uh, God called us to be at. So we're going to come from out of the book of John. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. Like I said earlier, continue to play, pray for the ministry. And we thank God for blessing us uh, over and over and over again. Now we're going to continue in John chapter 20, verse 19. And I said earlier that you're going to continue to hear this message and hear this, this message right here because this is powerful where he came through the doors that were shut. Because no one has ever explained to me, over the years I was in ministry, and as much as I thought I knew God, I never understood how the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus, I never understood how the body of Jesus and the blood of Christ came through the doors, came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week. And furthermore, Thomas didn't understand it either. And that's why he had to explain to Thomas and come back again through the doors that was shut. He didn't do it one time. He did it twice. In one day. Yeah, glory. He did it twice. In one day. Yeah, glory. Come on. I get excited. He did it twice. In one day for one man who didn't believe. Hey, thank you, Father, for doing it twice, coming through the doors that were shut. So let us move forward and let us read in John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day, that evening, being the first day of the week, huh? being the first day of the week, he came through the doors that were shut. Where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when Christ has said this, he breathed on them. Pure glory. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And when Christ has said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, I send you. I want to do episode two, excuse me, series two, episode nine. 
And we're going to continue where we left off in the last episode, which was episode eight. And I want to I want to tag this here. The miracle in the two tomb in the new tomb. The miracle in the new tomb. I'm going to rehash where I left off at in episode eight. And I'm going to go back over a few things I went over. Because I was dealing with the miracles that was in the new tomb. But we're still talking about, as he has sent me, I send you. We're still talking about, but God raised Christ and Jesus from the dead. We're still talking about, and God. Raise Christ and Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I send you. Now I want to deal with episode 2, series 9, the miracle in the new tomb, hey, where God raised him from the dead. I'm going to give the account with Mary again, just to rehash where we left off from the last time. But as the Father has sent me, I send you the miracle in the new tomb. Something so miraculous took place in the tomb that ties into Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-26 and 1-27 that ties into John 1-1 and 1-14. That ties into the resurrection in John 11, 25, and 26. Hey, do you believe thou this? He said, and Thomas, do you believe that this is me? This is I. Flesh and bone does not have a spirit. A spirit does not have flesh and bone. Tell glory as you see me have. Do you believe? Thou this, hey, I get happy when I go to thinking about this, my brothers. Thank you, my father, for blessing me as your son to believe in the eternal glory of your spirit. Hey, glory, huh? The miracle in the new tomb. So what we're going to do, we say that when Christ came through the door that was shut, something had happened before then. He sent Mary to Magdalene to go do some things and preach the first gospel of the kingdom of God. We saw that, <clears throat> that she was the first woman to preach the gospel. We saw that Peter and John ran to the tomb. We saw the handkerchief. We saw the, uh, the, 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 the clothing that uh, Jesus was dressed up in was folded and it was separated. We saw that the two angels who was Moses and Elijah that was in the tomb. We saw all these different things. So let, 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 me, let me get to that part then. Now on the first day of the week, early in the morning, Mary Madeline went to the tomb. It was empty. And then Peter and John ran to the tomb and they saw the linen and Christ's handkerchief folded up separately. This indicated that someone was here and something had happened. But prior to this taking place in the tomb, something else miraculous happened in the tomb. Hmm? So that's why I want to talk about the miracle in the new tomb. The miracle in the new tomb. 
So you remember in John 14, 1, 6, 1 through 6, he said Christ had promised Jesus that he was going to prepare a place for him and that he would come back again and receive Christ, receive Jesus to himself. Then while Christ was on the cross in the body of Jesus being the Lamb of God, Christ left the body of Jesus on the cross as the Lamb of God when Jesus cried out with a loud voice in Matthew 27, 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was when Christ left the body of Jesus by himself on the cross as the Lamb of God. Why? Because Christ did this. Huh? The reason Christ did this, because first of all, in the scripture teaches us that the Christ shall abide forever, and he couldn't die on die on the cross. And second of all, Christ had to remind, this is why he did this. He had to remind Christ, excuse me, Christ had to remind Jesus that I promise you, brother, that I would go prepare a place for you. You know the place I go. You know where I go, and you know the place I go. He says, I promise you I'll come again for you. Now, Christ is in the new tomb preparing a place for the body and the water and the blood of Jesus. Now, something again miraculously happened on the cross in the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Huh? While Christ was in the new tomb preparing the place for the body and the water and the blood of Jesus. And I said before, as long as the spirit and the flesh and the blood and the bones of Christ was in the body of Jesus, Jesus could have lived forever on the cross. Why? Because the spirit, the blood, and the body and the, and the bones of Christ abides forever. Now, let's see what was the next miraculous thing that happened while Jesus was on the cross as the Lamb of God, while Christ is in the tomb preparing a place like he had promised Jesus. We just rehashing, my brothers and sisters, in Luke 23, 46. I know you heard this in the last episode. In Luke 23, 46, I know you're going to hear this again. In Luke 23, 46, and Jesus, as the Lamb of God, cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Heaven said this, he breathed his last. We went to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 14, 1 through 4, and we saw where, we saw where Jeremiah was called and commanded to go to the potter house because huh? the potter was doing the work on the wheel and he was talking to Jeremiah while he was working and he says that the that the that the clay that we saw that he created, the clay that he was talking about in, in, in Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4, wasn't the clay that he made from the dust of the ground in Genesis 2 7. This clay that he was talking about was the claim that Jesus committed when Jesus committed his spirit back into God, into his hands. So the spirit that Jesus committed back to God in his hands was marred in the hands of the potter. It was marred in the hands of the Father. It was marred in the hands of God. So whatever, whatever Jesus committed back to God was marred in his hands. 
And he was giving Jeremiah an illustration of what he was going to do, what was marred in his hand. So he took what was marred in his hand, the same vessel, and made it again, another, the same vessel that Christ, that Jesus committed to God. And he breathed his last. It's the same vessel that was marred in the hands of the Father that he committed back to God. Was marred in God's hand. And God made it again. Another. The same, the same vessel. Why would I get to that part? I get excited. Another. So God is trying to make the same vessel in you. And me, the same, again, another. Yeah, I got to get out of that. He's trying to, he's making the same vessel. But we have to understand this process. So Christ committed, Jesus committed his spirit back unto God and breathed his last. So now, let's rehash again. Jesus was on the cross as the, the same vessel. As the Lamb of God, without the spirit, the body, the bones, and the blood of Christ, because Christ is in the tomb preparing a place, as he promised Jesus in John 14, 1 through 6. Now Jesus, as the Lamb of God, is on the cross, and he just committed his spirit, the same vessel, back to God that was marred in his hand. There was Mark in his hand. And what happened when this took place? Jesus, when he committed his spirit back to God, he was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that God made the word become flesh in John 1.14 that Mary was conceived by. And Jesus, as the Lamb of God, had to commit the spirit or the Holy Spirit back to God, or back to the Father, because the word as the Holy Spirit abides forever, just like the Spirit of Christ abides forever. And I said before, the Holy Spirit had flesh before it became flesh. Hey, the Holy Spirit flesh came from the earth that God created in Genesis 1-1 when he, when he created and made a man in his own image and his own likeness. Let us make man in our image in Genesis 1:26. He made the Holy Spirit. He made earth. He made the earth because the natural comes first. And then the spiritual. And then he made, he made and created his son Christ. He put Christ in the body of the Holy Spirit that he made from the earth, which is the terrestrial. Then he made a glory. Then he made Christ from out of the Spirit. And he put the body of the Spirit of Christ in the body of the Holy Spirit he made from the earth. So now you got the two that is one. And now God breathed the male and the female that his spirit was made from out of. See, a male and a female didn't come from a man or a woman. The male of a female came from out of the Spirit of God. Hey, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Or male or female come from out of the spirit of God. And he took his spirit that he created in Genesis 1.27 in his own image and his own likeness. And he created he, him, them, male and female. He created them 
as him, as God, and he took his spirit as a male and female in a body that was made without hands, and he put it in a body of himself and God, as and put it in the body of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Now you got three bodies in one. You got the Father, the Word, as, the, as Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You got the Father and the Word as Christ and the Holy Spirit. These three are one in heaven. But the three that bear witness in the earth, these agree as one. We'll get to that in a minute. But as we sing, as the Lamb of God had to commit his spirit back to God or the Father, because the Word as the Holy Spirit abides forever. And the Word had flesh before it became flesh. Christ had flesh before he became the spirit of the word of the flesh, that he became flesh as the word. So now we got the Holy Spirit, and we got Christ in the tomb. Why? Because in 1 Peter 1.25, it says the word of God endures and lives and abides forever. So the word that he committed that was marred in his hand abide forever, but it was marred. It needed a little touch-up. So it had to go through the process of the touch-up. See, if you're out there thinking you don't need a touch-up, you have already missed the mark of living forever and not dying because we need a little touch-up. So now we see the word in the or the word of God endures and lives and abides forever. Now since we see and know what happened when Jesus committed the Holy Spirit that lives and abides forever back to God, and now we know why this had to happen. Now the Holy Spirit, which lives and abides forever, has reconnected with Christ in the new tomb, who also lives and abides forever. Now Christ, as the word, that was in the beginning with God, he glory. And the Holy Spirit, that was the Word, huh? It's now in the new tomb. It's waiting on the water and the blood and the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Another miraculous event occurred on the cross after the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit as the Word that became flesh left the body of Jesus. Now we only have the, the Lamb of God as the body of Jesus on the cross with no life left in him. He had no life left in him, as we suppose he didn't. So when the Roman soldiers saw this, in John 19, verse 33 and 34, this would happen. This was what happened when, when the Roman soldier, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Hey, glory. Can he dry bones live? So they didn't break the bones of Jesus. So what the Roman soldiers did in verse in, in, in John chapter 19, huh? John 19, verse 34, it says, But one of the soldiers, one of the Roman soldiers, pierced Jesus in the side with a spear. And immediately and effectively. The water and the blood gushed out. Yeah. And immediately and effectively, 
The water and the blood gushed out. Now we clearly see huh, that Jesus came by water and blood. Hey, and it gushed out on the cross. Because in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, it says, Who is he or she? Oh, let me say that again. Who is he or she who comes, overcomes the world? But he or she who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If you or I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you don't know or understand how, the, how through the process he became the Son of God, you would only have a confession with your mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Now, it is true that if you, if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, you would definitely be saved. But saved from what is what you need to ask yourself. And if you don't know what you are saved from, you only have a confession in your heart. But you don't have the belief in your heart that God promised you and that God promised me eternal life and that we can live forever and not die. I'm deeply rooted in our hearts. You have to have that. But matter of fact, and where you know you have eternal life according to 1 John chapter 5 verse 13 that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue in what you believe in what you have that God promised you don't have the knowledge of the power of the, the power of the Christ if you don't have the knowledge of the power of the knowledge of Christ, resurrection, and the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, and the knowledge of the glory and the life of God, you will never understand what it's like to believe and have an eternal life. But he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and understand and know or have the knowledge and comprehend the process of how he became the Son of God receives eternal life or the gift of God, which is eternal life. Because he became, huh, he became, he, be, he became the Son of God. Before he became the Son of God, he was the Son of Man. Before Jesus became the Son of God, he was the Son of Man. That is very important to understand. Because just because you love Jesus doesn't make you understand that he was the Son of God. Jesus was the Son of God. But before Jesus was the Son of God, the Holy Spirit was the Son of God before Jesus was. The Holy Spirit was the Son of God before Emmanuel, Emmanuel was. The Holy Spirit name they was given was Jesus. The Holy Spirit knew he was the Son of God because the Holy Spirit was, was with God in the beginning as the Son. Christ knew he was the son of God because Christ was with God in the beginning when he was with, when, it, when God created the heavens and the earth. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, which was the Holy Spirit, and in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, which was Christ. So now you got God in Christ. Now you got the Holy Spirit in Christ in the beginning with God. So they already knew they were sons. And the word was God. Who was the father? 
So the two sons already knew they had the father. It was Jesus that to realize who he became through the Holy Spirit. Like you and I have to realize what we are becoming through the body of Jesus after he was birthed and born again by the Holy Spirit. Once you understand that, then Christ take you into the furtherance of the baptism of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, it says that, and he or she who believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So therefore, and furthermore, you have to be born of God to understand that you have the promise of our Father, huh? Because he shall endow you with power. He shall, I shall send the power, the promise of my Father upon you in order for you to receive what he promised. You have to know what you are born of. So Jesus, as the Son, huh? As the Holy Spirit, as Emmanuel, had to realize I needed more of God to get to God to be born of him. So the Holy Spirit, as Jesus, realized, man, I got to commit my spirit back to God to get a new man, a new body, a new bone, a new body, a new blood, a new flesh, new bones to be in Christ so that I can walk through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week. I have to give up some things. Although I may die, yet I shall live. So the body that is dead is a seed that you sow. But the body that you sold that died is not the body you receive when you get up as a seed. Because God gives it a body as he pleases. Not as we think or been taught that we have, but the body that God gives you in the death the barrier and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the body you have to acknowledge through understanding. It gives you eternal life. Because you have to know before he became the son of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, he says he was the son of man that was conceived by a woman who is Mary that was in the flesh. So this is what made him, Jesus, the son of man, before he became the son of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 6, because Jesus is he, this is he, because Jesus is he, this is he whom came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not just by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness of the water and the blood. Big why? Because the spirit of God is true. So there's going to be an event where the spirit that is true is going to bear witness of the water and the blood. We previously just read the verse where the water and the blood came gushing out when the Roman soldier pierced him in his side. You remember? Huh? In John 19, when the Roman soldier pierced him in the side, in John 19, 34, water and blood came out. But the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth 
who is Christ, had to bear witness of the water and the blood to prove that it was Jesus to make him become the son of God. So the word of God says in 1 John 5, 6, this is he who came by water and blood, who is Jesus Christ, not just by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness of the water and the blood because the spirit is true. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says that the spirit of truth proceeds forth from out of God. So if it proceeds forth from out of God, it has to be God that proceeds. It has to be Christ that is proceeding forth from out of God that is bearing witness of the water and the blood. That going. So when we get to the place where the water and the blood is being bared a witness by Christ, we're going to see what Christ had to do with the water and the blood. That going. I got to get out of all that. Now, this is powerful because this explains the transition or the transaction and the miraculous event that took place in the tomb. We just witnessed in John 19, 19, verse 33 and 34, where the water and the blood immediately came out of the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God on the cross. If, in fact, that as the Lamb of God is dead on the cross, now without the Spirit of Christ and without the Holy Spirit and now without the water and the blood inside his dead body. And in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 3, Christ had promised Jesus, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and receive you to myself, son or brother. Why? Because Christ is going to do this because he promised Jesus that where I am, there you will be also. Man, this stuff is heavy. So if the body of Jesus is on the cross, as the Lamb of God, and his body is now without Christ's spirit and without Jesus' spirit and without the water and the blood, and Christ promised Jesus he would come again and receive him to himself. If Jesus is dead on the cross and Joseph and Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus has to take the body of Jesus down from the cross to prepare it for the new tomb, who and what is Christ going to come back for again and receive to himself. That glory. If in fact, if the body of Jesus is in the hands of Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus, it, only one, it, is, it is only one thing that Christ can come back for. Come on. Yay. And that is the water and the blood that is on the ground at the foot of the cross. Come on. He came back for the water and the blood because he was the spirit of truth that had to bear witness of the water and the blood that gushed from out of the side of the body of Jesus. So now you have the picture of the Lamb of the God as you did in Exodus. 
In Exodus chapter 12, when the blood was over the doorpost of an animal, an innocent animal, the deaf angel had to go another way. He couldn't stop at the house. Is your house covered by the blood of an animal or is your house covered by the blood of God? Is your house covered by the blood of an animal or your house covered by the blood of Christ? Is your house covered by the blood of an animal or is your house covered by the blood of Jesus? The blood of God and the blood of Christ is two different bloods than the blood of Jesus because the water and the blood needed a transfusion. I got to get out of this here, my brothers and sisters. The blood of Jesus needed a transfusion while I was in the tomb. So Christ had to go rescue him because he promised that he would come again. And the life of the flesh in Leviticus 17, 11 is the life of the flesh, huh? Is in the blood and it has to be on the altar as an atonement for the soul. So Christ had to leave the tomb to go get the blood. Come on. Remember earlier, we witnessed in scriptures in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and God has given the life of the blood as an atonement upon the altar to make an atonement for the soul. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for our soul. Remember, we, we have the water and the blood at the foot of the cross, and Christ has promised Jesus we will he will come again and receive him to himself. In order for Christ to fulfill what he promised, something miraculous had to happen again. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, this is the first family, Cain and Abel. When Cain slew Abel in Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, the blood of Abel spoke to God with a loud voice from the ground. Come on. So the blood and the water of Jesus that was at the foot of the cross on the ground cried out to Christ with a loud voice. Hey, glory. And Christ left the tomb. And he went in the got the, he went to go back again to the cross. And he recovered the water and the blood of Jesus at the foot of the cross on the ground and Christ brought the water and the blood of Jesus back with him in the new tomb. Why? Because the promise, he had promised Jesus that he would come back again for him and that he had he had prepared a place for him and he had he had, he had to receive him to himself. So God promised, Christ promised Jesus but how was that so if the body of Jesus was still on the cross? <laughs> Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus was preparing the body. So now it brings us into another realm where God is. See, God is in our blood. Hey, glory. So if God is in our blood, we have to let 
the water and the blood make a transition through the renewing of the spirit of the mind so that we can be created in the image and the likeness of God that he created on the sixth day in his own image and his own likeness and they became like one of them as God and God poured into the body that was made from the dust of the ground. We have to become like one of them and he breathed the breath of life in them and they became a living soul. So if the water and the blood and the life of the flesh is in the blood and the blood is where the soul, the torment of the soul is manifested, we have to let God take Christ through the blood of Jesus. We have to let God take Christ through the blood of Christ. We have to let God take God's blood through the blood of God and the blood of Christ that transition the blood of Jesus, the water and the blood of Jesus. And our blood has to go through a transition or a miraculous event. Hey, glory. In order for us to be with him where he's at our soul. My God, I got to get out of all this, man. Y'all got to watch out for this spiritual cuts ministry stuff, my brothers and sisters. But God raised him, Christ from the dead. But God raised Jesus from the dead. He's given us a body as he pleased. So he's in the new tomb, and he says, I'm coming back again to recover the water and the blood of Jesus at the foot of the cross on the ground. And Christ brought the water and blood of Jesus back with him in the new tomb because he promised Jesus that he will come again for him and take him to the place he had, he had prepared for him and to receive him to himself. Come on. How we know that the scriptures is true because in John first and first John chapter five verse eight, for there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. So when the water and the blood cried out to Christ, and when Christ got there to rescue him. Christ had to give them a small sermonic presentation because he couldn't bring the water and the blood in the place of holiness where he was the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So Christ, as the spirit of truth, would rescue the water and the blood at the foot of the cross because he promised them he'd come get him, but he didn't know that he was going to have to answer. Excuse me. He was going to have to answer a few questions. So the water and the blood had to agree to the ceremony that Christ was bringing them back to in the new tomb. So these three agree as one. The Holy Spirit or the spirit of truth that bear witness or Christ that left the tomb to go get the water and the blood of the life of Jesus, whose body was yet still in the preparation stage with Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus, and he committed his Holy Spirit that was given him from out of Mary, the life that he had after Christ escaped from him to go prepare the place, he had to agree. The water and the blood had to agree to the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit before he came back to the new tomb. 
And so now these three has to become one in order for the process of the ceremony that God had ordained before the foundation of the world to take place in the tomb. Come on. For there are three that bear witness in the earth. The spirit of truth, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. The Spirit of Christ has bear witness of the water and the blood on the earth at the foot of the cross. When the blood cried out with a loud voice from the ground to Christ while he was in the new tomb preparing the place. We further know that the Spirit of truth that bear witness with the water and the blood and these three agree as one. In John 15, 26, as I said before, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ, who proceed forth from out of the Father, he will testify of me, and he will witness in the Scriptures, we witness in the Scriptures that the Spirit of truth, that is Christ, that bear witness with the water and the blood was Christ that was bearing witness as the Spirit of truth. This is powerful and heavy because now it has given us a clear and vivid picture of what is taking place in the new tomb within these 72 hours before Christ in the body of Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Now let us get a vivid picture who is all in the new tomb. Jesus. Y'all don't know during this 72-hour period before the resurrection. Man, y'all got to get this. Because God is manifesting himself in such a powerful way, my brothers and sisters. Come on. Now let us look at Nicodemus. Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus has finished and completed preparing of the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Huh? We have the spirit and the flesh and the bones and the blood of Christ in the tomb. We have the Holy Spirit that has flesh, that has bones, that has blood also in the tomb. These two bodies of Christ was in the new tomb first. Why? Because these two bodies were in the beginning with God first in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Huh? That God created and made on the sixth day before he rested on the seventh day. Let's give an account and a record of how this took place because this is vitally and very important and very imperative that we get this understanding through the teaching of Christ from the scriptures. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. So it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Christ and the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, come on. Now we are about to embark on why it is so important and so imperative. It is uh, imperative why it is for us to know and have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the life of God. 
in the glory of God because this is a mystery to the church of God in 2023. If there is three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, who is Christ, and the Holy Spirit that is found in 1 John 5, 17, let us see why these three are one. Let's go to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us, make an, let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth. I got to say that again. Over all the earth. I got to say that again. Over all the earth through the power of the bodies that he's about to make, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God. God in verse 27 in Genesis chapter 1. So God created man. First he made man in his likeness and in his image. So now God is creating a man in his likeness and in his image. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God he created he, him, male and female. He created he, him, them. Come on. Now, this ties directly into what took place in the new tomb in John 20. But first, let us go and dig deeper into Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Here, God made an image of himself and the likeness of himself from the heavens and from the earth. From out of Genesis 1, 1, when he created the heavens and the earth. Early in our studies, we talked about there is a celestial body and there is a terrestrial body that is made in glory and that all flesh was not the same flesh. And there is one kind of flesh of men and another kind of flesh of the animal and fish and birds in 1 Corinthians 15, 39 and 40. But we found out God gives it a body as he pleases in 1 Corinthians verse 5, chapter 15, verse 38. Now we are witnessing God made a man from the celestial or from the heavens and a man from the terrestrial from the earth, which God said in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He was referring to his two sons that bear witness with him in 1 John 5, 7, 5, chapter 1 John, chapter 5, verse 7. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, as Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Now in Genesis 1.26, Christ and the Holy Spirit has flesh. They have a body. They have bones. They have blood, huh? And the Spirit of God flesh. Uh-oh, come on. Because God made Christ and the Holy Spirit bodies from the glory of the celestials and the glory of the terrestrial he created in the beginning from the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1-1. I explained this, but now I'm doing it again. In Genesis 1-27, when God created man in his own image 
and in the image of God. So something took place differently from Genesis 1.26 and Genesis 1.27. When God created man in his own image huh, and in the image of God, so he took his spirit, he created him, and he made his spirit a male and a female in him. He didn't make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. He made a male and a female in him. And he made male and female. He created them. See, man, see, man has been teaching us that Eve came from the earth. Eve came from out of the body that was in the earth because the body out of Genesis 2-7 was created from the dust of the ground and it was named Adam. But the two bodies that was in Adam was the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Huh? So when God made a male and a female in his own image that he created in his own likeness, he put that body in the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit that he made in Genesis 1.26. So when Adam was from the dust of the ground and when Christ breathed the dust, the breath of life, and he became a living soul, that's when he breathed the male and the female of the spirit in the body that he and the Holy Spirit or Christ and the Holy Spirit was in, he breathed that into the body that was made from the dust of the ground. The Holy Spirit and Christ was a name Adam. The body that was made from the dust of the ground was named Adam. And when he breathed in him and he became a living soul, when he breathed in Adam, Adam was able to live without the knowledge and the breath of God and his Holy Spirit and Christ. But when they became a living soul and he breathed in man the breath of life and they became a living soul, he breathed what God created from out of Genesis 1-1 that he made in Genesis 1-26, who was the Holy Spirit, which was the flesh of the body that he breathed into the body that was the flesh from the dust of the ground. But the body that had the flesh of the Holy Spirit that was from the terrestrial in glory from God and from the celestial that was in glory from God that was the two bodies his two sons that bear witness in 1 John chapter 5 verse 8 verse 7 and 8 verse 7 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 there are three that bear witness in heaven so now we have a picture of the bodies because the body that Adam was in was able to breathe the life. Now, I want to share this with you because I shared this with you in another podcast. The body that God breathed, the body that the Lord God, who was Christ, that breathed the breath of life, then they became a living soul. Adam had life in him before he became a living soul. They lost their soul when they lost and their eyes was open because they stepped from out of time. They stepped from out of eternity and they stepped into time. 
So when they stepped into time, they lost what God made in eternity. I got to get out of that. So now, so when you see the body of Adam, when Christ, the Lord God, put man or Adam in the deep sleep in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 14 and 15, when he put him in the deep sleep, let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. When he put Adam in the deep sleep and he pulled a rib from out of Adam and he made a woman from out of it, and the woman that he pulled from out of the Adam never came from the dust of the ground. The woman that he pulled from out of Adam was the spirit of God in his image. Hey, I don't know who out there is listening to this teaching, but the spirit of God was the church. So the body of Eve, the mother of all living, is the church. The church came from out of the man that was made from the dust of the ground, but the church that came from out of man was never from the dust. It was from the spirit of him and the spirit of God that he created in his own image and his own likeness when he created man and on the Six thing out of a body that was made out of hands, made without hands as God. This body that was made without hands as God had the seed of a male and a female in it. So the body that he pulled from out of Adam was the female. So the body that he made as the male is still coming through the doors that were shut as the Holy Spirit and Christ. So these two bodies that came through the doors that were shut is going to reconnect with the body that he pulled from out of the real when he come back for his church. Because the bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh was not, it was not of Adam flesh and it was not, not of Adam bones that was made from the earth. It was the bones of God and the flesh of God that Adam was connecting himself to with the woman. That's why the woman, when she committed the sin, nothing happened to her when it was committed. But the man, when he ate from the fruit, who actually convinced the woman to go do it. That's another teacher. Who actually convinced the woman to go talk to the serpent because he had to talk with the serpent before the woman did. So the woman was already in trouble before the man actually got with the woman as the serpent. Because Adam had already had a conversation with the serpent because he had created everything. Huh? He had called the name of every animal that God ever created. And God knew and Adam knew that the animal that he made out the serpent was the most cunning beast. So Adam got with him and then he got with his wife, Eve, and tried to tell his wife to go tell the serpent and try to eat what the serpent was eating. But if Adam wanted to eat dust, you got to look at that passage because God called Adam to go back to the dust. But he never called Eve to go back to the dust because she was never from the dust. He says, you shall go back dust. You shall eat all the days of your life. And he told Adam, you shall return to the dust from where you come from. See, Adam. Adam never came from out of the spirit of God. It came from out of the dust of the earth, the portion that was contaminated. The earth was contaminated in Genesis 1-2, and God had to cleanse it up through the baptism of the water and the spirit that hovered over the earth. And he said, let there be light into the dark earth that was void. 
that was without form and darkness on the face of the deep. So even the earth had to be baptized, but the body that was made from the dust of the ground was from the earth. But the body that he pulled from out of the body that he pulled from out as a woman or a rib was never from the dust of the ground. It was from out of the spirit of God that he created in his own image as a female and a male. I got to get out of that because I'm taking you into places where I know you have never been before, my brothers and sisters, but God says, teach, my brother. That's why I call you a master teacher because I know if I gave what you needed to do what you call, what I call you to do, you would teach it to anybody that'll listen and that'll believe on the words of eternal life. So when God created man in his own image in Genesis 1:27, and in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Now we need to understand and we need to know what God made was not a male and a female. What God made in Genesis 1:26 was his two sons. The word of Christ and the Holy Spirit is what God made in, in his image and in his likeness from out of Genesis 1-1 when he created the heavens and the earth. But in Genesis 1:27, God created his, created his spirit as a man, and God created his spirit as a woman in his own image that was in the image of himself as the Holy Spirit, as a male and a female, because he created the image of his spirit as a male and a female, and God created them. Who is them? The them is the male and the female in God's image. And then God took this seed that was in his own image, according to the spirit, to his spirit, and put it in his own image and in the bodies of his two sons. Christ as the word and the Holy Spirit that bear witness with God. When God put his own image as a male and a female in these two bodies. Come on. After God made the two bodies of his two sons, who is Christ and the Holy Spirit, which makes these three bear witness in heaven, the Father, Christ, and the Holy Spirit agree as one. Christ and the Holy Spirit who bear witness with the Father and agree as one, the Father and the two sons who is Christ and the Holy Spirit agree as one with the Father who is God, that is that it was and that it was and that it is all right for you, O righteous Father. This is what the two sons were saying to the Father. This is why they agreed as one. It's all right that you put yourself inside of us as your two sons, Christ and the Holy Spirit. And the man that you created in your own image and from out of your own spirit and created from out of your own self, Father, it is all right for you, Father, to make us as your two sons to become one with you, Father, from a body that's made without hands and the body... And the man that you made without hands will produce and be able to produce a male and a female from it. A child gender always came from the spirit of God. 
Come on. You got to be kidding me. So in essence, God made his two sons bodies, who is Christ and the Holy Spirit as one body, as God. Now we have the Father, the Word, which is Christ and the Holy Spirit, that bear witness with the Father in heaven that God created and made on the sixth day in his own image, in his own likeness, as a male and a female, from out of his spirit that God made without hands. How we know that this is true? Because in John 4, 23 and 24, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking for such to worship him. God is spirit that he made a male and a female from out of and put in his two sons. Let me say that again. God is spirit, and those who worship him as a male and a female shall worship him in spirit and in truth. This is how we know that God created a man in his own image, and this is the man, is that this man had the image of God forever abiding in him. I'm going to stop right here because I want to continue and pick up my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live. This stuff is so heavy. So now we got to get back into the tomb and go back to John chapter 6, John chapter 20 and break down what was taking place while he was in the tomb. This was just a picture, and I'm going to rehash this the next time we come back. I'm going to rehash this a little bit so we can catch up and get back uh, uh, understanding why I was saying what I was saying to tie into where we are going. Because all these messages are tying into them. Because I want you to know the miracle in the new tomb had everything to do with the miracle that took place in Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-26 and 1-27. Because we got a body. We got blood, we got water, we got the body of Jesus, we got the body of the Holy Spirit, we got the flesh of the Holy Spirit, we got the flesh of Jesus, we got the Lamb of God, we got the spirit of the water and the blood, we got the spirit of Christ, we got the body of Christ, we got God, we got all these people in the tomb, yeah, and doing God's work, what God has promised he was going to do. My brother, this is Pastor D. Washington, and when we come back, we're going to get back into it. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We thank God for blessing us forever and ever and according to his words of eternal life. We ask that you continue to pray for the ministry as we are worldwide, and we are actually ministering the word of God, the words of eternal life throughout the world. At the Spiritual Cuts Ministry here, pray for our leaders and those who are actually manifesting and receiving the glory and the manifestation of the knowledge of the truthness of God. God says, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming to your location, I'm coming to your house, I'm coming to build a house that is made without hands. God God says, thank you. 
for listening to the podcast. The Promise of Our Father podcast. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live. We just want to thank God for all the blessings that he bestowed upon us and as he continued to bless us and as we grow from leaps and bounds throughout the world, changing and revolutionizing, revolutionizing the world through the word of eternal life. We're going to change this. We all got to die. We're going to change this that tomorrow's not proud. We're going to change this that we are not going to be here forever. What if we was here forever? What if we don't die? What if we know or if tomorrow is promised, if God promised it. What if it is? And it is because it is. So therefore, let's change our thoughts and our thinking and our way of speaking the language because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Change your tongue. You'll change your life, my brothers, because you've been taught to speak the tongue of death, glorify death, and not even know it through your tongue and thinking you're glorifying God because you have no pleasure in the death of the one who died. I started out with it in Ezekiel. 18, 31 to 32, and Ezekiel 33, 11, he said, I have no pleasure even in the wicked. Yeah, glory, thank you, who died. So even if you're wicked, he said, turn and live, huh? And get yourself together, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Community Live out of Atlanta, Georgia. I ask that you continue to pray for us, and I ask that you give us some feedback. You can get us on our hotline at 678 764-1614-678-764-1614. Or you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. Don't forget about the book. The book will take you to another place as well. The Promise of Our Father book. Who has believed our report is on the is on Amazon, is on Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. And my brothers, if you order that book, you're gonna see the blessings. Cause the book coincides with what we are teaching right now. And we thank you for just praying with us and give us some feedback. If you like it, good. If you don't, good. We just ask that you continue to let send the message out and let others hear what you believe in. Because we are renewing the spirit of the mind. Because if you think you have eternal life, you will know that tomorrow is promise. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. And may God bless you and your family forever. Amen.